Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your host, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm just killing it. Today was one of those days where I started the day knowing it was going to be a big day, busy, lots of stuff, and it just, it, it, it delivered. It delivered. I started my day at about 5.30. In the morning? In the morning. On purpose? Yeah, which is not that early. I mean, a lot of people start their days at 5.30. I'm not one of them. So just from the moment I got going, I was going. But it was like a court day, Mm. which is fun. Court days are dynamic. And, you know, when you're in there and you know what you're doing, I know the judges, you know, I don't know them personally. We're not friends, but... Like, I, I know who I'm working with. I know the personalities involved. Mm-hmm. I had cases that I felt really good about, you know, files or whatever that I was working on. It was like everything was in place, which made it nice. It's a good day. But it was still just a lot, right? All the things that needed to happen happened. Everything went smoothly. Uh, but just like, okay, go, go, go. So when I got off work about 530, 5.45, it had been full, but I was like, I'm ready to just de-escalate the brain function. Came home to my dog. Family's out of town, so it was just Larry and I sat on the couch. We had some dinner together. You you brought it my drill home, which I thought was like, I, I my blink camera alerted me that someone was at the front door. I was like, well, that's weird. And my a drill was just sitting on my... Welcome, Matt. Yeah, you, you know, it was one of those things. You had brought it over for a project. I don't remember what. You had left it. I haven't used it. You haven't needed it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Like, do you have my... Yeah, yes, I do. Oh. So I saw it in the garage today, and I thought, oh, I'll drop oh. that over at Andrews. Well, thank you. Yeah. You can also knock on my door like, or text me. or I like to just make faces in your ring camera and then walk away. They, they were interesting. <laughs> they they will draw some <laughs> some hits on the OnlyFans. Yeah, good, 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 good. Andrew, how are you? I am also good. It's been kind of a weird weekend. When I transition, <laughs> I transition every weekend from being a night sleeper to a day sleeper, so some weekends are just uh, bad. Sometimes the transition doesn't go as well. Yeah, I, I have a much easier time sleeping during the day than at night, which is probably good, right, that I can sleep during my work week. Um, this is just not a great sleep weekend for sleeping at night. So I got some yard work done today, had some decent leftovers. I made, uh, I mean, as you know, I made tri-tip and yeah. quick smoked salmon and some grilled salmon yesterday for dinner. So had some good leftover dinner, just kind of, kind of coasted through the weekend. You know, that's the best weekend is mm-hmm. when you coast. I like to be a little bit more productive. There's a lot of things that I've been looking down the barrel of and I'm like, man, had time to do that <laughs> had time didn't do it didn't do that so that's okay that's for that's for next week that's for next I week think, it, we're, think, we're sitting here we're drinking beer the sun is low in the sky yeah. it's not too warm up here we're drinking tricera hops which is a nikasi beer it's kind of there like the original hop bomb northwest craft beer yeah, it's certainly one of them. It was certainly the first sort of big giant hit, I think, for Ninkasi and 
remains to be a very drinkable, a very drinkable beer. It says on the can, notes of floral, citrus, and resin. <laughs> what does resin taste like? Take a sip of beer. <laughs> notes of resin. I think bong resin is what they're specifically <laughs> is that what referring it is? to. Yeah, it could yeah. be. It's like resin. Because uh, there's uh, a couple companies have done like... Uh, weedy flavored beers. Right? Oh, like it's have thing, like yeah. weed flavored names to them. Like, well, and uh, and and hops are related to cannabis. Is that right? Am I making that up? I don't know, but they have really similar traits in their like oiliness mm-hmm. and the the acids and flavors that you can derive from their oils. Definitely. Definitely. Um. Well, good, good. Well, in any event, we're not talking about beer or weed or weed or whatever else it is we were talking about. We are talking about watches. And once again, we brought you a roundup of the most cool and interesting thing that have happened in the world of watches. I would like to start, Andrew, if I may, with a with not a new watch, not a new release, and and really not even an article, but well, it is an article. It's actually two separate posts on Fratello in the last two weeks. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Let let me pull this up because it caught me basically right away based on the headline when I read this thing, and I, I think that's the point, right? I, I won't go so far as to call this clickbait but it certainly is meant to be provocative so the title of the article is why budget mechanical watches don't make sense uh this was posted by dan de groot and the the point of the article is that watches under a certain price range specifically in this article it's about a seiko skx 007 that watches under a certain price point can't economically be serviced. So, for instance, it's more expensive to service an SKX than it would be certainly to replace the movement and, and likely even just to replace the watch. Used to be. Now it, now it probably is about the same amount. Yeah, I, I mean, pretty close in any event, right? And, and so the point of the article is just that, that at a certain level, you're, you're losing... If you can't practically service the movement then some of the mystique some of the the actual appeal of a mechanical watch is rendered moot uh and and it's a fair point but this article it should not be surprising garnered a tremendous response most of which was was negative right so 262 comments presently um and and I think that the comments are fairly critical of Dan's headline, right? The, mm-hmm. the headline being inexpensive mechanical watches don't make sense. And in fairness to Dan, it's not really what he was saying. Although, it is what he said. It is what he said. It doesn't make sense. It, it is what he said. Well, and, and They're a disposable item. That's right. But, but I think that the... The implication of the way you just said it doesn't make sense kind of brings it back 
to reality, right? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Nor does a Speedmaster or a Submariner or mm-hmm. any of the watches that you can buy. N- none of them make sense. These are pretty things. Yeah. These are pretty things. They're pretty things. A watch doesn't have a soul, even a mechanical one. Even if it was handmade. That's right. <laughs> even if it was hand-turned. And so before we got started, I just kind of wanted to kick us off to say, A, no, it doesn't make sense. And B, Dan DeGroot, you shut your fucking mouth. because Especially when you're talking to me. <laughs> Because, no, of course it doesn't make sense. And I, yes, I still want it. So, But we all know that. This isn't like revolutionary idea. We all know yes. that you're not going to get your NH35 serviced. You're just not. No, you could. But you what, could. Why? Well, the, the point is, the point is you could. You, you know, this reminds me of the thing that some people say, which is something along the lines of, I'm not going to put a $200 strap Mm. on an $80 mechanical watch. And to that, I say, why? Why the fuck not? Right? Why not? Why is a $200 strap any more appropriate on a $1,000 watch or a $5,000 watch than it is on an $80 watch? You'll still wear $60 Amazon shoes and a $1,000 suit. Yes. Right. You'll still do it. Look, that... so, So, all that to say... It may not make sense to service your NH35 for more than the cost of a brand new Seiko. But if the allure of the thing is in its everlasting capabilities and you have the resources, you sure could. And there's no reason not to, right? This is a pragmatic decision making. No, the reason not to is that it's just cheaper to buy a new movement and drop it in. Exactly. And and that's fine. If you're okay with that, that's fine. Just get the new movement, drop it in. Or if you're like, you know what? This thing's kind of beat to hell anyway. I'm just going to get a new SKX. Also fine. Or if you got 400, 500 bucks lying around, I think it's like 300 if you send it to Evan, send it out and get it cleaned and serviced right mm-hmm. it, it, this is a choice that you get to make so while while i appreciate the point that dan was making and and both dan and rbj did a good job with the comments and and, and i think dan actually came back and posted a follow up to this basically saying look i'm wearing a 750 dollar seiko as i write this or whatever right it, it, that's fine and good I think the other problem here, and this is the problem that most of the readers picked up on, is that it's one of those things that watch people say that's annoying. It's like, you know what? Just shut up. Just stop it, Fratello. Just stop it. Okay, so, you know, yeah, you wear cheap watches. You you, you slum with us every once in a while, Dan. Uh, Fine, but just don't be an asshole. Right. Don't be mm-hmm. an asshole. Yeah, because there is something there, there is something that strikes a nerve saying the watches that I like and the watches that I can buy. Somebody degrading that devaluing them. There's something there because you shouldn't do that. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, they did a good job of kind of bringing it back. And Fratello, for their part, writes about a lot of inexpensive watches. A lot. They're not gatekeeper media, right? They are. 
they're doing a good job covering the range of stuff. It's just that article and the and the headline just felt Yeah, fuck you guys, right? Yeah, that was clickbait. He just wanted you to read it. So if you saw that and you he wanted us way, to talk about it, that's what it was. He probably did. He probably did. He knew when this came out. So he's had, gosh, he's probably been like losing sleep for the last two weeks. <laughs> well, I, th- I think he has been, I think he has been fielding a lot of, a lot of grief. So, and for good reason. And to the extent that he made an inflammatory statement and then reasonably yeah. supported it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All true. Andrew, what do you want to talk about? Ooh, uh, first thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about the new C60 Atoll 300 models. So Christopher Ward has released two new iterations of the C60, and they're calling them ocean-inspired. And these are C60s, right? There's nothing beyond being a C60 that's special about them. But we've gotten all like a silvery white with a steel bezel. And this blue that they say is inspired by the Indian Ocean is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's a gradient, like green to blue ocean color. It, like it actually really captures that tropical blue ocean feel not in the way Seiko does it but in the way that it actually looks you see it and you're like oh this is inspired by the ocean this, oh, yep, this looks like it. the Bahamas yeah I see I see it completely I super dig it you, you know you you said these are just C60s has Christopher Ward ever done a I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's that's probably annoying but have they ever done a yacht master bezel like this so I don't think so I'm trying to think of where else this stainless bezel? These both have like a raised, polished, numeral stainless bezels, all of the the Yachtmaster, and I don't know that I've ever seen these. And it's a good look on this watch. Yeah, these are only available in the forty millimeter size, uh, but I'm okay with it because look at that thing on a bracelet. Yeah, it, it looks great. We're obviously a huge fan of Christopher Ward, huge fan of Christopher Ward's bracelets, although they do better sometimes than others, but I do believe this is a fully tapered bracelet. I I have yet to handle one of their fully tapered bracelets. Pardon, Evan, I'm sorry. Appropriately tapered bracelets. Yes. 20 to 19 <laughs> is not a taper. <laughs> uh, I've yet to handle one. But I know it's gonna be good because I love their bracelet, even as as chunky as it was. They do just they do such a good job with the engineering of the bracelet. Mm-hmm. All and, all the things, and these are terrifically thin. Eleven three, I think, is what they are. Thirty Atmos, uh, SW two hundred. These are these are terrific. I, yeah. I mean, this is what you'd expect from Christopher Ward. They're and C sixty pricing, right? Uh, 965 pounds on a strap, 1165 on a bracelet. So I think actually winds up being 1250 US dollars or thereabouts. Yeah. Or thereabouts. So terrific. Uh, Are these available now? Oh, look, even better than that. 1095 on a bracelet. Ooh, if you go to the website. Mm hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, that's pre-order though. So yeah. pre-order ending July. Do we have a delivery date? Mm. They don't usually do long leads. Yeah, I, I'd imagine it's not going to be a terribly long time, but pre-order do, through end of July. This calendar year, you'll you'll be getting them delivered. Yeah. Good good pick, Andrew. It doesn't say. Okay. I got a watch I want to talk about. I want you to talk about it. Okay, so this is an expensive watch, and I'm sorry, everybody, in advance, because it's too expensive for me. I wouldn't buy this watch because it's just too weird, and it costs too money for how weird it is. Are you asking for a gift? For me, yes. So what I'm asking is for a gift. So just I'll just get out of the way. This watch retails at 5395 it's not quite available. But this is a watch from the brand Alpina, which is not a brand we've talked about a ton. Maybe a handful of times. Yeah. Just a handful. But they are a fantastic company, and they're celebrating their 140th anniversary, which is not, it's not like a... It's a weird anniversary to get real <laughs> excited about. Yeah. <laughs> Just wait 10 more years. Come on. So, so they refer to themselves as the inventors of the sport watch, I guess, which, okay, I don't know about that. Uh, but they have... You can argue no one else is around. They are relieve, releasing a, uh, I don't know what you'd call this, limited edition sort of deco tank style watch, which has... I don't it's know if we limited can call it a edition tank style. because of the age of this brand. I think we can just call it a rectangle case. All right, fine. Uh, but what what this is is twenty eight vintage movements uncovered by Alpina and restored. And we're going to link in the show notes. If you haven't seen this movement, go to the link. It's a rectangular movement with this big, beautiful bridge work on the back. And this thing is fucking terrific. Mm -hmm. If you buy this watch, you're buying it because of how gorgeous this movement. So it's a two hertz movement, 42 hour power reserve, which is kind of a weird. Well, it was made in 1938. That's right. Yeah. They probably Uh, had to figure out a way to measure it because they were like, oh, these are (laughs) old. What do we got here? Polished silver case, uh, great dimensions, 29.5 by 35.7 millimeters, very thin, 9.7. So uh, this is a nostalgia watch. It's a pretty small nostalgia watch. It's going to feel very, very vintage. But with silver, polished silver case and a silver dial, this thing is absolutely terrific. you're pro- these are probably going to sell out if they're not sold out already. Uh, oh, no, they're not available till July. So you have time. If you want something really neat, if you want something really neat, this is something I think that is, this is really neat. I really like it. I, I hope they do a modern movement version. Because that'll cut the price by two-thirds. Yeah, well, they'd have to make the movement, though. I don't think that there's a movement of these dimensions that exists today. They can figure out something. They have enough of a catalog 
to put a movement in there. Yeah, this is this is terrific. Let's see. I'm I'm looking for the release date on it. These are just gorgeous. Uh, I I am liking seeing more of these very vintage and not like 60s, 70s vintage, but like 30s, 40s vintage inspired watches making their way onto the market. They yeah. don't have a date yet. Yeah. You might I, have to sign up. I, I Yeah, I don't think there is a date. Uh, let's see. There's, there's a lot of information on the website, so if you go there, but there's no way to sign up or anything. You so, can sign up. Yeah, you can subscribe to their yeah. newsletter, which I don't know. They're doing an integrated steel bracelet sport watch. That's kind of cool. The new Alpiner. Alpiner? Alpiner? That one? Yeah, I like Alpiner. Anyway, that's all I have to say about it. I saw it. Actually, our friend Mike sent it. And I thought, man, this is great. My only criticism, slightly aged colorway on the hands and loom. which As you'd expect, though. I don't know. I don't know that I do expect it. In fact, I'd much prefer it to be white. But it is what it is. It's not obnoxiously patinaed. Andrew, what's next? Ooh, next up. The Citizen... Series 8 GMT, which Citizen did a really great thing with in releasing. And then they citizened all over it <laughs> with this weird textured dial. A st- like, <clears throat> so what we know, Citizen has dropped a affordable space GMT. These are coming in at... These are flyer GMTs in the 9054 movement. They're coming in at under $2,000. They're going to be available at the end of the year. They they have a Pepsi and a Batman. And then they have a gold root beer, which is going to be their limited edition. Root beer-ish. Yeah, the the root beer is $1,300 or 1,300 pieces. Why I'm excited about it is that it means that they are going to be using this technology, using these movements, and having this available as a product line. This particular series, I'm not really sold on, and I'm actually kind of bummed about because I, f- I feel like Citizen could have done better. Yeah, I'm not feeling this much. Which is really normal for Citizen. And that they have this great thing, and then they... They ruin it themselves. Like they, Citizen very much shoots themselves in the feet and stubs their toes seemingly on purpose. Uh, I don't like these colorways. I don't like this design. What I'm excited about is that they're entering into this GMT space and it means that there's more cool things to come. That's what I'm excited about because I, I, frankly, I hate these watches. I hate these like Rolex rips in the name of dropping a GMT. Yeah, I don't know if I disagree. I, I don't know if I agree with you that these, this is a Rolex rip, but they, they these look like the faux Rolexes that you see in every single like 
Mexican tent distributor that have Rolex written on the dial. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to subscribe to that, I but I still don't love them. So these are in the, um, that series eight that you've talked mm -hmm. about, which is sort of a high finish one of citizens high finish. It, it, it's a flyer GMT for under 2000 bucks. Uh, you, you know, yes, good, good diameter, 41 millimeter, fine thickness, 13 and a half. Mm. Uh, these are integrated bracelets, port watches. Uh, they've got, a, uh, these bracelets, uh, they're integrated and they look nice, but they're really bricky and 2015 micro brandy feeling. Yeah. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of these because they look like anything Rolex has ever done. Cause they, I don't think they do, but they are not my cup of tea in terms no. of design language. They're not great, but we're seeing the GMT in the affordable space in a cool way for the next release. I'll subscribe to one. that. Yeah. I'll subscribe to that. Not this one. This is a bummer. Yeah. Uh, these seem like they're made for a different market than me too. So yeah, you're not fist pumping right now. So <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's, it's cool. And, and I do hope we're going to see more of this movement and, and certainly we will. I think citizens probably working on production, but this does seem like it's going to be something that's going to be pretty regularly in the rotation. Uh, I got a watch from a brand called Oris. Oh, interesting. Or perhaps Ori. 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 Uh, Oris. So Oris, fantastic brand. We've talked about them a lot. We uh, regularly talk about new Oris releases. This is not... Uh, there's nothing new about this except for the metal they're using. So a few years ago, Oris re released their 38 millimeter Oris Diver 65 with the cotton candy colorways, mm -hmm. blue and pink in particular. And there was a green as well. And these all came with bronze cases. And I think you and I at some point talked about how that bronze case looks terrific when it's new and then it's an acquired taste after that. Yeah. Like the day after that. And, and so you either love that look or you don't, I am in probably don't love. It's not for me, dog. That look, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. I've seen, I've seen these particularly, I saw a pink one at a wind up, and it was just manky. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That looks nice. But I don't think I would want to wear that on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. it's not for me. Well, they've released these in steel. They've released these in steel. And that steel is not going to age. Rot like away. Bronze. Rot away. Turn green. <laughs> uh, and so I think this is terrific. They're not outrageously priced. I think that these are, it's it's just an Oris 38. They're $25.50 on a bracelet, $23.50 on the, I think they come on a Perlon. It's got the mm -hmm. Aura 733, which is, a, I think, a Salida. 
Uh, it's got 100 meters of water resistance, sapphire. It, this is the 38 millimeter Oris Diver 65, but it's in steel. And you get the cotton color, cotton candy colors in a steel watch. And I'm here for it. I'm I'm here for it. I like, I mean, of, of all the Easter colors that landed that year, these were some that I appreciated. Yeah, and, and I think that they've released those for people like me that are like, I, I'd buy that watch if it just was in steel. So yeah, it was it was like too much all at once to do it in bronze and Easter. And you can buy them right now. Unlike most of the watches we've talked about on today's show, these are available at the Oris website right now. And I assume that they're going to be hitting the secondary market really quick. And they're probably not going to go out, run out. I, I don't. They're not limited, so these are part of the permanent collection, I believe. I'd hope so. It, oh, it wouldn't make oh, sense. Werner Wound says in in the headline, "Yes, it's thirty eight millimeters, and no, it's not limited." <laughs> what an introduction! It's a parenthetical <laughs> in the headline. We don't read good, y'all. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, yeah, these are terrific. Also, not a Yachtmaster bezel, but a blasted and raised, polished raised numeral steel bezel, which is cool. Cool, cool. I like it. Thanks, Oris. Always, always giving the people what they want. Just give them, give them people what they want. I have a new thing. Tell me. This is another brand that we've talked about several times. We've talked about all the brands. We've visited with the owner a couple times. Vero is digging back into their catalog away from their current, I don't really even like adventure watch theme to bring back the Meridian manual wind. Did we talk about these on the show at some point? I think when we were at Vero originally. No, I feel like we talked about these when they re-released them, but did we? Yeah, these are these maybe, are fantastic. Maybe we did. So they they they're just terrific. They're th- these beautiful, simple field watches. Thirty six millimeter case. They're just phenomenal. Yeah, and, and these are kind of harken back to the Rally and mm-hmm. Sunset collections from the olden days of Vero 2019. I, I think there was the Worn Unwound collaborations. These feel very much like OG Vero. This this is OG Vero. Like this, when I see this watch, I'm like, oh man, I remember sitting on your manufacturing floor, which is like two dudes, a dog, and a couple CNC machines. And then there's a workbench in the back with uh, with their like all their paints and everything. Oh no, no, that's not where they're, what were they doing back there? Then they had their clean room with all their painting materials and stuff. <laughs> their pad printers. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is it. And I, I really like what Vero is doing right now, but this is, this is Vero to me, this clean, simple, just beautiful watch. And did you say this is 36? My recollection was yeah. it was bigger. Um, these are 36? No. So these are 38. No. 38 millimeters by 44.5. 9 4 thick because it's a mechanical manual wind movement, the SW210, which is a very thin hand wound movement. 
Uh, and I, I think the thing I like about the more than the Rally and Sunset. Those were that, 36. Those were 36 yes. millimeter. And this is a slightly this is a bigger than those. Yes. Yeah. I think the thing I like slightly better than those watches is this sort of flat, wide bezel. I really like that on this watch. Mm -hmm. Giving you sort of a porthole dial feeling. Yeah, this is terrific. 800 US dollars. Which is like Perfect. a third of the price of the Rally and Sunset, I believe. Yeah. This is being pitched as the summer adventure watch in this article that I read. <laughs> uh, Whatever. The guy who wrote that article is a fucking idiot. I don't think I would call it a summer adventure watch, but I certainly love this watch. <laughs> it's a terrific, it, yeah, it, it's a terrific, it's a terrific watch. We're going to find a different, uh, a different article. We're just going to link the one to Andrew's the, reading. We're just going to link to the Vero website. That's right. But this is a, this is a terrific watch. I'm very into it. Well done. Well done, Chris. We should get him back. We should get him back. What do you think of this tan ribbed strap that I'm, comes on these? I'm all about the ribbed, man. It's an interesting strap. I've never seen anything like this. It's a ribbed leather, which is sort of like a like a depressed ribbing that's been stamped into the leather. It sort of gives it a like a synthetic look, but then you get up close and you're like, oh no, that's leather. Yeah. Uh, this, I don't know. This seems perfectly Chris and Vero to me. Like why, why? But also I get it and yep. I, and I like it. And the crown on this is terrific too. Not oh, Vero. Different than I, Bayer. Yeah. Well, I Googled Vero and I was like, why am I looking at an S5? Because I misspelled it. I've got one more watch I'd like to talk about. I'd, I'd like to hear about it. So this is a watch that I read about on Hodinkee, and I think it is one of the most surprising watch releases I've ever seen, except there's there's one other collaboration that I read about this week that we're not going to talk about this week, but we're going to talk about very soon, that I was like, what? But this watch is not that watch. This watch is perhaps the most surprising Watch release that I can remember, Kara Barrett, formerly of Hodinkee, who's gone on to start her own watch company, the, the kids' watch company, Parchi, mm -hmm. which has been widely lauded and I think almost universally loved. Legend has it that Kara was approached by Giorgio Gali, who is the namesake of Timex's rad shit to do a collaboration, a, a Kara Barrett collaboration. This, uh, if you've ever been to Kara's Instagram, she's got a, she's got a style. Kara has a style. It's like a new England, certainly Northeast casual cool chick vibe. But if you know anything about Northeast casual, it's not. Yep. It's nothing even remotely close to casual. I'm going to say something at the at, at the risk of being offensive, and I hope I'm not offending, and I'm sure Kara doesn't listen to our show, but it it, it smells of old money is what I would say Kara's <laughs> vibe is. Uh, Northeast casual. <laughs> in any event, she's a hip chick, right? 
this watch, when you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah. Yes. That's Kara Barrett's Timex. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to describe this if I can. You just did it perfectly. Yeah. (laughs) We're done? This is the the watch that Christopher Walken was storing inside of himself. (laughs) So this is a, I would say feminine watch this is a woman's watch baby blue dial very sort of vintage reggae numeral feeling mechanical watch it's got a mechanical seagull movement that's what's interesting to me and it comes stock it comes stock on a freaking twisto flex because it should I actually doubt doubt this is a Twisto Flex. I think this is probably something that Timex has has made in the style of a Twisto Flex. Uh, But this thing is just terrific, right? Mm -hmm. $245, hand-wind mechanical. Come on. Even in baby blue, I'm I'm kind of I'm really tempted by this watch. So what is the what do you call the style of crown that's on this? I don't know if there's a name of it's it, it's just it's it's like the what's on the the big Santos. That's right. Uh with a like a a jewel in the middle of the crown that protrudes from the rest of the crown cuz the small Santos doesn't have that. You can buy a crown replacement for the small Santos to get that kind of like like crown, yeah. crown, yeah, because it looks like a crown. It, it's a crown. No, 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 I understand that it's a watch crown, but it looks oh, like a crown, like sure, a, like sure. a, you would wear on your head. Yeah. And then that's I don't I don't know. It's it's. A, I'm reading this, and it's not an English word. Cabochon. Oh yeah, it makes perfect sense. I get it. Crown on a crown. <laughs> Is that what that means? I, yeah. Obviously, as I'm, I don't even know what language that is. A cabochon, pronounced cabochon, is defined as a gemstone that has been shaped and polished rather than faceted. The term comes from the French word caboche, meaning head or noggin. Uh, <laughs> all right. Or noggin, that's the word. Yeah. That's a uh, layperson's lay definition. The crown, I think, is maybe the crowning achievement. It's beautiful. Come on. All right. Uh, yeah. I love this watch. N- no loom. Thank PTL, right? This this watch shouldn't have loom. I-, I love this watch. And 250 bucks. Yeah. 250 bucks. It's a Giorgio Galli Timex collab with Cara Barrett. Does, does V1 give you hope that there will be more? Oh, I don't know. Because it, it gives me like- hope that there will be more. And maybe I don't know why you would name it version one if you didn't intend for subsequent versions. <laughs> so the first comment on the Hodinky article is I can't wait for the Parchy times Dwayne Johnson drop fam. Uh, <laughs> that's well played. Uh, okay. Yeah. Terrific watch. That's all I have to say about it. Yeah. I, I super dig this. Uh, what do we get? We got, I think we have time for one more. Yeah, we have time for one more. Do me, Andrew. I'm ready for it. Uh, we have some new Planet Oceans. 
<laughs> I think are we're, worth mentioning. We're doing Planet Ocean today? So we've got a 600 meter, which is just a 600 meter Planet Ocean. It's lovely. I didn't get too excited about it. The 6,000 meter Ultra Deep got me excited. Is this different than the Ultra Deep that came out last year? I don't know exactly. It might just be a new colorway. It could be the same. Okay. Uh, and the reason I don't know is because I didn't care <laughs> um, when when it came out last year. Uh, but I saw this one and was just taken. This dial slays me. It looks like a photograph of kind of a stormy, churny ocean in the middle of the night. It is beautiful. And then you go through some pictures and you're like, okay, well, neat. Like, that's a really cool dial. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, neat, cool, neat, cool. Neat. And then you get to the loom. Holy shit. This is dope. This is like Omega being cheeky. You have this kind of gradient loom on the dial itself. Wait, are these artifacts are loomed? Yes. It's got like a secret message. Yes, it has Omega was here at a depth of 10,935 meters, like cartooned onto the dial. Okay, so wait, 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 hold on. According to Omega, the dial pattern is an accurate representation of the bottom of Challenger Deep, the deepest point in the Mariana Trench, which was mapped out by the Five Deeps team using nearly a million sonar points. The dial then is coated with liquid enamel and flowing pattern to create visual depth. And if you shine a UV light on it, there's a bit of hidden text that says Omega was here, signifying the world record dive of 10,935 meters. This is rad. This is so cool. This is like the first pat yourself on the back cheeky messaging I've ever seen from a watch brand that I'm like, yup. I'm for it. You know, this is a $13,000 watch, so I'm never going to have one. I'll probably never even get to touch one because I always, I'm always sticky and I have barbecue sauce on yeah, my fingers. Yeah, just won't let you. No, they'll let me look at it. Yeah, uh, but through glass. Or maybe at a distance. Maybe they'll use the UV light. Sure. Uh, yeah, so this, <clears throat> is, this is the same chassis as, as the Ultra Deep that was released last year. Makes sense. But the the Challenger Deep aspect to it, this anniversary version, is all new. It's super cool. Omega did a bunch of stuff this week for their for some anniversaries. Are these are these also? Didn't they call the metal something special? Mega Steel, Mega Steel. That's what they called it. Are these also Mega Steel? Probably <laughs> the Ultra Deep with Mega Steel. Probably. <laughs> This is a terrific watch, Andrew. You put this on there, and I was like, "Meh." No, I I saw this and was like, "Oh, I'm I'm for this kind of stuff." You've convinced me. That's that's terrific. Omega was here. Come on, and, and having the dial being a representation of Challenger Deep is like I saw that dial first, and I was like, "Meh," 
but knowing that it's a representation of Challenger Deep, I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I accept. The 600 is just like whatever, but the the Ultra Deep, man, that it's doing it for me. No, 6,000. Did I? What did I say? 600. Yeah, it's not 600. It's 6,000. It's 10 times that. Yeah. It, uh, it's been there. Can you wear it with a tux? Uh, this sure is can. terrific. Yeah. How, how big is it? It's uh, 45. 18. Okay. 45.5. Yeah. 45 and a half. Yeah. Which you'd expect. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Is it bad that one of the first things I thought about after the Titan got crunched was I wonder what watches they were wearing and if they're oh. still running? <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't want to talk about that on this show. No, it was a top 10 thought. Oh, man, that's rough. Well, did we do it? I think we've done it. Do we even have anything else on our on our list of possibles? We had a couple. We have a 37 millimeter release from Citizen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've already closed that tab, so I'm not going to talk about oh, it. Oh, the, the, the Timex World Time 1972 release? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I think we might have already talked about. I think we talked about it briefly. So Timex brought back a 1970s world time. Very funky. Super cool. Bezel on this thing. Really sort of standard uh, standard world time bezel. But the way the whole thing's done, funky, retro. I'm digging the world time line. Big Tonneau H case thing going on here. It's almost a square. 179 bucks. Well done, Timex. And then, yeah, the the 37 millimeter Promaster dives, which cool, man. It's, it's a thing. Eco drive 37 millimeters. They're fine. They're great. Citizens doing some stuff. They just need to start doing the right stuff. Do better. Play better, stop, Andrew. Stop doing worse. Andrew, with that, having finished all the watch things, other things, my friend, what do you got? I have an interesting other thing. <clears throat> this last week, a science experiment began. Science! Called Chapia 1. Crew health and performance Exploration, exploration, analog one. That just don't have it. Just don't have a, an acronym. A, anyway, go right. Ahead. Well, you need an acronym for that because that's that's like a lot of words. Use different words. Yeah. Well, it's NASA, so I don't know what you want from them. So Chapia one is the first. Long-term, 378-day living experiment to test humans' response to life on Mars. So they have four non-astronauts, non-trained astronauts who were selected and hired by NASA to be participants in this year-long experiment. All in Houston, where they have, I don't, I don't remember exactly the professions, but these are the types of people you'd expect. It's like a scientist, an engineer, a doctor, and a, and a Navy pilot. And Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin. Obviously. This is it. They've started it. <laughs> they have a 3D printed 1,700 foot environment for them to live in for the next 
year and some change. Why 3D print it so they can make it on site? But probably because it's also super cheap. Okay. That's my, my guess. Well, NASA doesn't need cheap things. Okay, anyway, whatever. Or maybe they expect it to break. I don't know. Yeah, carry on. Or or they're they're testing their 3D printing technology to be able to use it on Mars. Well, that's what I just said. Everything okay, anyway. everything NASA does is like layers. Yeah. So anyway, it just started. These people have just gone into their... They're locked down. We're not going to hear from them again for a year. Wait, I have a serious question. Is Polly Shore there? Yeah, but he's not going to survive. He's going to be the first one to eat. Okay. He's going to escape. Everybody knows how the story goes. <laughs> I'm super excited by this because there's like NASA's been doing some really cool stuff. Like they just diverted an asteroid. They're putting people into this experimental chamber to test livability on Mars. I'm excited to see updates as this experiment progresses. Wow. So what, So are these people able to communicate with the outside world? They're able to communicate with mission control. And are they, is there an observation of them? Like an active real-time observation? Yes, active real-time, 100% all the time observation to see what happens when you're living on Mars. And they're going to replicate all kinds of stuff. They're going to like kill their communication equipment. They're going to kill equipment. They're going to simulate bad weather. They're going to simulate famine, like in the inability to grow crops and shit. Like this is like the most dangerous game times 10. It's they're rad. Not, they're not hunting them. They're just going to like, it's like the Matrix. They're now living in it. They're actually living in the Matrix right now. It's super cool. I'm really excited for it. I'm not, I wouldn't be excited to be one of the participants and I don't really understand the the, the psyche of the, of the people who do that. Um, but that's okay. I'm just excited for it. It's neat. Cool. I'm into it. I'm excited to see the Pauly Shore Stephen Baldwin movie about this mm-hmm. made circa 1992. You, you see it again, yeah. <laughs> also, Rocket Man, you know, for if if you're really interested in it. What's what's his name? I can never remember his name. Brendan uh, Fraser. No, uh, Harland. Uh, oh yeah, that that guy. Yeah, I know yeah. who you're talking about. I will never ever not like. I can at any given day. I remember the scene of him farting into his spacesuit and trying to control the fart bubble as it goes through the hose. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Harland Williams. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, I've got another thing. Do me. I found myself in the position of needing to buy a new putter recently. Oh. We won't talk about why I needed a new putter because I had a pretty nice putter. Are we talking disc or... or or stick. We're talking about ball golf. Okay. And so I was in, I I had the occasion to purchase a new putter. We'll put it that way. Uh, all that to say, which green is it left on? I, <laughs> all that to say, um, man, buying a new putter is hard these Stressful. days. Stressful. <laughs> There's like 19 different shaft lengths. And not just for your size, but like, do you want a belly putter? Do you want a chest putter? Do you want a short putter? Like, yeah, well, head shape and size. Whew. And 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 manufacturing techniques have really have really exploded. It, you know, there's a lot of 
insert and weighting technology that's available, but also milling technology is probably better now than it's ever been, at least with regards to putters. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find something cool, right? Like, yeah. I'm a, I'm a guy. I've got a few extra bucks for this kind of thing laying around most of the time. And, and Kim's so, not home, so. <laughs> and so I uh, go on a search, and I'm just like, you know, I'm just not feeling anything. So, uh, you, you know, Odyssey has their two ball design, and uh, you, you know, I there's these insert designs and there's a lot of like space age shit. Right? I have a two ball and I like it. Uh, uh, Scotty's have gotten pretty like techie. You can still find some simple Scotty's. And then I'm looking at like ping options. Cause ping is kind of like the classic, the mm-hmm. answer, you know, blade style. I'm more of a mallet guy. Anyway, uh, there's a company that's been around for a long time. 25 years now because this is their 25th anniversary called Bettinardi. And the owner of Bettinardi is actually the guy, I can't remember what his first name is, but the Bettinardi owner is sort of the guy that revolutionized fully mill putters about 35 years ago, sometime in the nineties, early nineties. And basically until the late 90s when Bettinardi started his own company, if you had a fully milled putter from any company, so be it Scotty Cameron or uh, any sort of Callaway fully milled putter, they were probably milled by Bettinardi. He's the guy. And then eventually he was just like, well, I'm going to start my own putter company. So Bettinardi makes these very, very cool. I got a putter. Do you get a queen bee? I didn't get a queen bee. And in fact, I had a queen bee in my hand when I bought my Bettinardi Studio 6 number 16. Uh, ex- excuse me, Studio Stock number 16. And it is, it's one of those things I picked it up and I was like, ooh. So fully milled construction, which means no inserts, which is a little tricky, right? In the, in the day and age of insert everything, a lot of weight and physics and MOI are all based on these inserts, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of being insert-based, these are engineered to have MOI around this billet and the way it's milled. I picked this thing up and I was just like, I think this is the one for me. The Queen Bee also had that in my hand and I was like, this is terrific. Uh, but it just it just was it's a little bit less symmetric and it was just like ah I, I think I like this one. But those were the two. I came mm-hmm. down to the Bettinardi Queen Bee number six and the studio side. You you might not know these things. I don't know about these things. The point is I bought a new putter and I fucking love it. It it was like anything else. I didn't spend a lot of time hitting balls with it. So although some people do that. Some people will hit four hundred balls. And they're like, this is the one that feels right. I'm I'm like, no. You know if it feels right. I want the one that's going to feel right in my hands, and then I'll figure out how the ball moves off of it. I'll figure yes. that part out. And what I am and how my imp- input influences it. I want two things. I want one for it to feel nice in my hand. And two, I want it to be cool as shit. And you want to look good. And I've accomplished both of those yeah. things with this putter. The queen bees look cooler, man. 
I don't know. I, uh, so I that, did like, bronze. I did really like. I was. It was really down between those two, the Queen Bee and yeah. the 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 Studio Stock Sixteen. So I wound up with Studio Stock Sixteen. I like the shape of the face. Yeah. So and, and it's fully milled, right? Mm-hmm. There, this is a piece of billet, fully milled, precision milled, and it is the nicest millwork I think I've ever seen. This thing is like. Tudor level of finishing on this fucking thing. I'll have to show it to you. And you're going to smack balls with it. And I'm going to go hit golf balls on a dirty golf course with fertilizer and everything hanging around. But it's gorgeous. Pretty pumped. It's a stupid, it's a really frivolous purchase. There are a lot of good $80 to $150 putters that you can pick up. But they're not Bettinardi's. They're not this one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it, man. It's really cool. That's all. Well, we've done it. We did it. Where do they have these locally? Do you go to PIDs? I got it at the Country Club. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Which means I also got a great discount on it. But That's what matters. That's, <laughs> I mean, it's not that big of a discount. I still paid a fuck ton it's, for this. It's better than butter. 450 bucks. Yeah, I paid a lot less than that. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, anything you want to add? I think we've done it. Before we get going for the day, well... Perfect. Once again, thank you folks for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Why don't you check us out on our website, watchclicker.com. That's where we post articles, reviews, pictures of the handsome, handsome Frank Affronti. You can also check us out on our uh, Instagram, 40 and 20 underscore watch clicker, or just at watch clicker. If you want to support us, and oh boy, we hope you do. You can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's where we get all of the money that we need for hosting, software, hardware, etc. And and there's a lot of needs there. Patreon.com slash 40 and 20 would love to have you. And don't forget to check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. <laughs>